The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Welcome to a breath of fresh air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. Welcome to 2024 and a special New Year's episode. In this episode, we delve into the essentials of Christians need to be aware of today's world, navigating challenges, embracing faith, and finding strength in prayer. Join us as we set the tone for the year ahead, blending inspiration and guidance for a purposeful journey. This New Year's guide where faith meets the future and prayers light the way. As always, be blessed and enjoy. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of A Breath of Fresh Air podcast. Here with your hosts, Makaz Gate and Earl Roberts. And welcome to 2024. God is good. We made it to another year. Hopefully they enjoyed their holiday season, um, Christmas, New Year's, for the people who have Boxing Day in there. Hopefully you enjoy Boxing Day too. How are your holidays, man? My holidays was good until I contracted an illness called COVID. <laughs> right now, this is my flu game once again. Um, but it was good though, bro. I spent a week in North Carolina with my in-laws. And then I spent the week after Christmas up until New Year's Eve with my family in Atlanta. Got to meet my new nephew, four months old, and two of my my other nephew, who's about to be three. It was a lot of excitement, <laughs> you know. You no about dull to be moments. Three. That's so crazy. I'm telling you, bro. Time is flying. <laughs> I know, bro. So much energy. Shy at first, and then. He just want to play with you the rest of the time. <laughs> the little kids have no concept of time or energy, bro. No. They're like, oh, you be playing? Oh, you'll be playing, playing. This no, and, we, and we playing until you pressure me not to play because <laughs> I ain't stopping. Kids don't stop, bro. They Why? Don't, bro. Why don't they stop? Like, they don't. I was, I was playing this. I was playing this. He have these like, like toy swords. He, he think they <laughs> sticks. Mm. Or whatever, right? So we doing this game where you, you can't touch each other with it, right? Mm. So I sitting down, I in a comfortable position, and I touching him, or he touching me, and then he running away, coming back and trying to do it again. So I sitting down, so I'm not ex- <laughs> I'm not using much an energy. You understand what I'm saying? He running back and forth. So I like, bro, surely he will get tired before I do. But boy, was I wrong. I still was wrong. You know, and I was like, boy. You still going? We, you ain't win yet? I let it, it go on a time where like 10 minutes straight, I just keep letting him win. Mm. I just, oh, you got me. He run. Come on. <laughs> oh, you got me. You run. Come on. Oh, you got me. But yeah. just love him now. He winning now. For real. He winning. He trying to keep the streak going. <laughs> but yeah, they don't stop. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. How was your, how was your holidays? Oh, it was good. Technically still in the Bahamas. Oh, shoot. Even when we dropped this episode, I'll still be in the Bahamas. 
Um, but yeah, man, it's good, man. It's good. Like always good to come back home and spend time with family, spend time with friends who still here. Like it's always a good time to be in the islands, man. Always a good time. Got to, you know, go to Chonkanoo, both Boxing awesome. Day and New Year's Day. Socks yep. two years, two, 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 two champs, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't pull. Uh, my brother is happy because he, he rushes with socks in, so oh, he's, okay. he's, he's super hot. That's what's up. But yeah, man, it was, know, a good, it was a good holiday season, man. It was a good, it was those a good who time. Know, don't know, that's a, a, a Caribbean festival. It's, it's most popular in the Bahamas, though. You know, it's from African descent, but, you know, we... <laughs> We take it very seriously <laughs> in the Bahamas. Yeah, we do it big. Yeah, we take it. We take it very, very seriously. You know. But so, yeah, yeah, man. So yeah, so it was good. It was good. Um. So I mean, this episode, I mean, like you know, but the audience and I'm shoot, they'll probably see from the title. Like we take a suggestion from one of our listeners who say, "Hey, for the New Year's, you guys should do like a New Year's episode type thing." And so who knows? This episode may be long. It may be short. We'll see how it goes. But we're just gonna like talk about stuff that's yep. related to god and you know what what a new year entails and that kind of stuff so yeah man all right so yeah I, I, anyway <laughs> i remember uh like last episode or maybe two episodes ago we were talking about resolutions mm -hmm. i mentioned one of my resolutions is to pray long yes right <clears throat> i came across this video it was a video of an African guy. He was born into witchcraft. Did I mention this on the pod? I think you started to mention this. Yeah, I, I think I said you got into the pretty long thing. Right. Yeah. He dropped, he dropped another video. I ain't even, I ain't even yet. I ain't even watched the video. But the caption, you know, when you're on YouTube, you have to put some clickbaity thing or whatever, right? But when you watch it, it ain't, it ain't gimmicky at all. But the caption said, I prayed for 32 days for an autistic child, and this happened, right? And that really intrigued me because I think to myself now, in the back of my mind, and this shows you the, the limitations of my faith. In the back of my mind, I'm like, bro, what could happen, bro? Like, you prayed for 32 days for someone who has autism. You understand? This is like a biological thing that's happened to them, you know what I'm saying, that they're born with, you know? What could happen? Now, I don't have an answer to what actually happened when this guy prayed. I believe you, you could assume what's happening because this guy speaks highly of prayer and he's very seriously serious about prayer. But it made me wonder, bro. You know you know the song, um, Take It to the Lord in Prayer? Mm -hmm. And it says, some things we have not because we ask not. Ask not, yep. <laughs> Excuse me. I thought about that deeply because I'm like, yo, we, I don't, I don't know the percentage, but a lot of people have relatives that have some type of learning deficiency or that may have autism or maybe handicapped in some type of way, or maybe just have something, some type of impairment. Have we fervently prayed for them to be, to be restored? Or do we believe that when Jesus and the disciples heal people, that was only limited to Jesus and the disciples. You understand? I, you got something else? No, go on. No, go on. Like, the real, the next way to ask it is, do you believe God has the power to answer your prayer? Yes. To grant your request. Because it's interesting, right? Because, I mean, like, a lot of times we pray for things just to say we prayed for it. But do you actually believe what you're praying for is possible? And I think that's a big difference. Because when you actually start examining it, 
your doubtfulness creeps into your prayers and God understands that instantly. You're asking for something that you don't even believe is possible. Think, I mean, like, think about the stories in the Bible, man, with the centurion. When the centurion asked Jesus to heal his daughter, the centurion already knew that Jesus had the power to do what he was asking to do. He was a Roman centurion. Yep. And God was like, Jesus was like, yo, they, your faith is incredible. Like the man said, you don't need him to come. Just say the word and I know my daughter will be healed. Think about, that was a prayer. Essentially, he was asking God, he was bringing his petition to God and asking him to grant his request. And God said, bro, by your faith, your daughter will be healed. The woman with the issue of blood, she said, I don't even have to, I don't even have to like talk to him. I don't even want to disturb him. I just want to touch his, the hem of his garment and I know I can be healed. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and again, so it's like a lot of the, like, man, I was reading devotional a couple of days ago. And it was talking about prayer, ironically. I don't even, didn't really expect to talk about prayer this much, but hey, you know, God works in mysterious ways or God yeah. you know, sets things up for things to happen. I'm just telling someone that too. But um, man, the devotion was about this woman, this lady who had cancer, man. And she was, when she got her diagnosis, she was like running to the pastor. I'm just asking like, yo, does prayer work? Does prayer work like, 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 does prayer work? And this, is, and this is a woman who was a Christian, but, like, in getting that diagnosis, she was so distraught. She was, like, just earnestly asking the pastor, like, does prayer actually work? Right? And the pastor was, like, it was like he was stumbling back because he wrote the devotion. He was, like, well, it's so interesting in these predicaments when someone asks you a question like this because you know they're coming from a place of hurt and not really disbelief, but they're like, how can God allow something like this to happen to them? Right? And the pastor said, yeah, prayer does work. And fast forward the story, like the woman was able to like get the treatment and her cancer went into remission, went away. And it probably didn't come back, right? And then the pastor, after a few years later, said, did you get your answer? Prayer works. And the woman said, you know, prayer is something we do, but at the end of the day, God works based on our faith. Hmm. And I'm like, to your, and going back to your original point, have you fervently prayed? And I'm and, and my and my part is like, how, like, did you actually believe? Because you can do all the actions all you want, but if your faith isn't there, then what then what are you praying for? Because you're asking God to do something that you don't even think is possible. And God's like, why am I going to do it if you don't even believe it? I, I can do it. And so watch this, right? <laughs> A lot of times when I pray, like so I've been praying for, you know, people I know that have you know, disabilities and um, autism. I have a nephew who's not diagnosed specifically with it, you understand, but he has some disability. And I've been praying for him, you know, and in the back of my mind, it's like, bro, bro, it's done. Like, it, there's nothing that could happen. You know, I remember I remember when, one time my friend, our friend who had passed away 10 years ago. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's still wild to me. Yeah, that's, that's crazy to me. And, um, the night it happened, when they were saying he's pronounced dead, that night I prayed that the Lord bring him back to life, bro. And I, I felt like I had faith, you know what I'm saying, that it would happen, you know. But <clears throat> I think that, to me, like to a lot of people, that would be a long shot because you asking the dead to come back to life, bro. Like, it's certain things that in our minds, I, no, let me speak for myself. It's certain things that in my mind only exist in the Bible, but it don't exist in the world we live in. It's like, it's like a... We, we lost a bridge that connects the spiritual powers of today to the spiritual powers of the Bible. But I want to read a text, you know, and my mother used to, in my family, there are things that we prayed for 
as a routine. You know, like how you say, let the words of our mouth, the meditations of our heart be mm-hmm. acceptable in thy sight, et cetera. Like mm-hmm. you might have a, a type of prayer that you just pray every day just because like at lunchtime, God is good. God is great. Let us thank him for our food. Like habitually you pray this thing, right? In our family, our prayer requests started to become attached to our habitual prayers. So there are things that for years we prayed for that until it came, until it happened, that was just a part of the prayer. You understand what I'm saying? So my mother used to try to teach us about the persistent widow, right? Because in in the, the, the illustration she's trying to make is Jesus says to pray continuously, like don't, don't stop praying. You understand what I'm saying? Like you could even in this scenario, you, you could nag God enough to the point where he say, all right, I'll give, I'll give this to you regardless if your faith is there or whatever. You understand? So let me read the text. So um, Genesis 18 verse one, it says, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not oh, give Luke, up. Which verse you say? You think you just say Genesis. Oh, I meant Luke. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was like, hold Genesis. on now. <laughs> thank, you, thank you, bro. Luke 18. Bro, I, you know, I tell you, I ended the wet a little bit, bro. I'll tell you the example. But um, Luke, where Genesis come from? I, I now I'm upset. Now I'm upset. <laughs> anyway, Luke 18, one through eight, right? Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So to me, this is the synopsis in verse one already, right? Always pray, do not give up. Fox, that's the lesson that Jesus was trying to teach his his disciples. And we are his disciples, his his children, etc. Excuse me. It says, he said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. So now this man, he don't have no moral compass. Justice, it does, like, it don't behoove me to care about you and, mm-hmm. and justice. You're a widow. You understand? And so, and for context, a person of who was a widow at the time, they were less valuable because during this time, you know, your lineage was tied to, to your man and to your son, etc. When somebody is a widow, that means they are, they are somebody who, you know, is not a virgin anymore, will probably never remarry. You understand what I'm saying? And they don't have their husband anymore. So when they pass away, their lineage is done. You you, you understand what I'm saying? And so they, they deem that as less valuable during that time. So there's someone who, when you remember that story when Jesus say, because you haven't done to the least of these, my mm-hmm. brethren, you have not done it unto me. Mm-hmm. This is someone who is seen like lesser than in society because of circumstance. And so why should this, um, king or this judge who does not fear God, why should I care about you, right? So he sets up the story. And verse 4 it says, for some time he refused but finally he said to himself this is the, the judge talking even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, this is the New King James Version by the way, mm-hmm. because this woman this, this widow keeps bothering me I will see that she gets justice so that she she won't eventually come and attack me. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge, say, judge says. I'm sorry, y'all. Are oh, you good, man? Listen, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, 
he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Your point. Faith is always, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Impossible. That's facts. So faith is a key ingredient. You can't, you can't lock that. You understand what I'm saying? You need to work on our faith. But at the same time, at the same time, even the unjust judge who have nothing to gain for real from helping you out, because of persistence, he would find it in his best interest to help, right? So now, when it comes to your prayer requests, right? Me, I, I can't speak for everybody else's prayer life because I really do. Prayer is something that's so personal. Like, I really can't gauge how others pray. Like, I don't know Earl's prayer habits. I don't, I don't know how long you pray the words you use, etc. right? But me, I know for a fact that a lot of times when I think pray, I think think about, oh, I'm praying for you, right? If somebody say they sick or whatever, I'm praying for you. I might pray for you right then and there. I might think about you later on. It ain't a prayer. It's no intentionality. You understand? I might have a situation that is like very um, serious and important for me, very forthcoming for me, right? But I'm worrying about it. But I think I'm, I'm, I'm in a spiritual place. I'm not actually saying, God, do this, that, and the third, right? So sometimes I even say, bro, I've been praying for this for a long time, but I don't even really mean I've been praying for this, bro. I've been thinking about this. And that's the truth. And I feel like that is a, a fault of mine and that is laziness in my prayer life. So when it comes to my um, New Year goal, prayer is like the biggest thing for me. Mm -hmm. I, I know too many people who do not truly have faith in prayer. Like you have faith in God. We know that God can do things when he see fit. But we do not see the correlation of me asking God to do this and God requesting it and, and God answering it. We might feel like, oh, God doesn't do it because I'm not worthy. You understand what I'm saying? Or God is telling me no. Or God does not care. You know, especially when you have people talking about the black community. Oh, the black community, they go to church all the time. They give money to the, to the preachers and they still broke. Da, 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 da. The relationship between God and the relationship between God and people who like, poor and, you know, disenfranchised and stuff like that. It's a disconnect as to what God would give, would give to them. But I feel like prayer is the, is the bridge between all of these things, bro. If we consistently pray, no good thing will God withhold from us. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like God has the power to reverse our, our circumstance, you know what I'm saying? To elevate us, to bless us with the spouse that we want. You understand what I'm saying? To do these things. But at the end of the day, why are we doing this and where, where's our faith? And when I say, where's our faith? How consistently have we been praying for this? Do we pray for this once a day, once a week, multiple times a day? Do we pray for it once and then say, oh, God ain't do it? You understand? So I want to put these things to the test and actually see the power of prayer for real, you know? No, I mean, and, and, and it's, a, it's a good thing to do, man, because think about it. Like, think about how God blesses us. Currently, and I don't want to call them side blessings, but it's like, he blesses us just because he, of his goodness, not because of anything we've done or asked for. You know what I'm saying? It's like he knows, he still knows the the desires of our hearts. Some things he grants us. Like we both got homes in like 2022. Dang, it's almost going on two years now. You know what I'm saying? And at the same time, like all of us, like in our friend group, almost like got like different jobs, different promotions, that kind of stuff. Like God, and it's because of God. You know what I'm saying? Like, wasn't anything we did particularly, you know, we might have had like a, a prayer like, hey, God, you know, kind of looking for this stuff. He made a way. 
But imagine how much more God can do when you actually wholeheartedly have the faith that he can do it and actually ask for it and actually pray for it for real, like with, with the utmost intentionality. And that's kind of something I'm also like have on my faith goals this year too, like more intentional with prayer, more intentionality with like actually trusting God. I mean, I've talked about this several times in the podcast, but actually like turning stuff that I know I have full control over, turning those over to God, because those are the hardest things to turn over. Like, and, and, and that's just something I know I struggle with. Like, I know I got this, but yet I'm still going to relinquish it to God and see how much better that God can handle these other aspects of my life better than me and actually see how that plays out. Yeah. So in terms of um, what's it called? New Year's resolutions. You know, some people are against New Year's. Oh, they do not like New Year's resolution because they feel like it's pretentious or it's fake. I love it, though, because whatever constrains you to try or to start something, I'm with. You know what I mean? As long as it's, it's healthy. Even if you even if you fooling yourself for these next two weeks. Because <laughs> what National Quarters Day is on like in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. National Quitters Day. That's what a lot of people backtrack. Even if you fooling yourself for these two weeks or however short term it is, I'd rather you would have tried and failed than to not try at all because you learn from your mistakes. If you never make the mistakes, you never get to learn from them, mm-hmm. you know? And so last year, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was about... I was about 40 pounds heavier than I am now, honestly. And I was saying, I can hit it hard this year. You understand? Weight goals, X, Y, Z. A year ago, did I think that I would be where I am right now in terms of progress? No, I thought I would have been much, I would have progressed much more. But I am thankful that I have not backtracked. Exactly. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like, I was I was playing around 270 last year, you know. My ideal weight is like 190, you know. That's when I athletic and I just feel in my prime or whatever. And so now I'm like 230. I'm I'm around there. So in my mind, I would have dropped 70 in a year. No, I struggle. I struggle to drop that 40. I struggled, bro, the whole time. And I never stopped working out. That's the crazy thing. Until I got injured, I never stopped working out. I, I consistently, but I had bad habits with my with my diet. Mm-hmm. However, now I get to build this new year, this new year's resolution, giving me another push. If I do what I did last year, I would have met my goal now. You understand what I'm saying? So I wanted, I went for 70 last year. I only, I only, I only hit 40. If I was to do that again this year, I would exceed my goal. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Sometimes, you know, they say delayed, not denied, bro. Sometimes mm-hmm. your, your results are delayed. But the problem is some of us are in our own way because we don't, we don't even try. We don't even make that attempt. If New Year's, if a New Year or a birthday or whatever gives you the inspiration to actually attempt, I support it. And I feel like you should too. You shouldn't count yourself out thinking that, oh, I'm going to quit after two weeks. Even if you quit after two weeks, bounce back a month later, you know what I'm saying? And try again for another two weeks. So I think the problem with New Year's resolutions is that a lot of people just write them down or say something and they don't look at it ever again for the rest of the year. Mm Mm-hmm. I think like that's that's the main problem. That's why people feel like they're so pretentious. Like me personally, I don't think you have to wait until the new year or any specific time to actually start a new endeavor or start something. 
But the good thing about it is people just have it as a mental barrier or a mental goalpost in their minds. Like, oh, for the new year, I'm going to do this. Or I want to do these things in the upcoming 12 months. But to me, to my, to, in, in, in my limited knowledge, I just think it's always good to like write them down and just revisit them and like check back in, check back in with yourself. Like at the end of every quarter, at the end of every month, even sometimes at the end of the week, but sometimes it might be too much for people, but like, don't forget what you wanted to do, what you wanted to accomplish. Cause like, don't just say, Hey, I want to start a business this year or by March and March rolls around. You don't do anything, but then you look back and say, Oh, I'll just do it whenever. It's like, no, check back in, like, see, see, see what you're going, track your progress. Hey, I want to lose 50 pounds. Have I lost any pounds in this time? Can I change something? Is my diet needs to be tweaked? Do I need to work a little bit more? Like, was I work like, like just take an assessment because again, like faith that works is dead. You can still pray for something. You can you still got to do, you still got to do some of the work. Like, and <laughs> that's where a lot of people just fall short. Just write it down. It sounds cute for like a week or two. And then they go back to following their same habits. Like it takes about what, 21 days to form a new habit. So, I mean, like, if you're doing something, you should at least stick with it for at least a month consistently. Yeah. Because those first couple of weeks, it's your body and your brain just trying to even get to the mode to that what you actually enjoy doing or actually want to do it. Like, so you can't even really assess something until, like, the second month. Because the first month is you just even trying to form the habit, the skill set, just to even do what you want to do. You ain't even perfecting nothing. You're just trying to like force yourself to show up to the gym if you're, mm -hmm. if you're going to work with every day. Like half of the time, oh crap, I got to show up to the gym. Oh, I got to do these exercises. You don't even form a routine. Like half of the ball is just like showing up. Yeah. <laughs> Once you get past the initial hurdle, then you can start doing everything. So like that first month, you ain't even really going to see no progress for real. You might feel a little bit better, but you got to like, you know, like don't underestimate the time. <laughs> right. Don't underestimate the power of a baby step. For real. You know what I'm saying? Like, See, I feel like, it's especially in terms of like finance and financial literacy is the buzzword people like to say. Baby steps, bro. That's your best friend, bro. A lot of people feel like they could yield this big return. You understand what I'm saying? But even if you yield a return, that's a, that's a, oh, okay. Now let's do that again. Let's do that again. Now let's double that X, Y, Z. Like a lot of things that held me back was thinking, oh, it didn't work my time. Mm -hmm. You know, but... You know, the old folks say a penny save is a penny earned. You understand what I'm saying? If I could save this dollar, that would be equivalent to me making an extra dollar under normal circumstances. You know what I'm saying? So for real, these baby steps, you take enough baby steps before you know it, you might look back and not even realize how far along you've actually traveled. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, like, yeah, like that's one of the good things about like the new year. And then also too, it's like a new year to see how God is going to bless you. Like, what is it in Lamentations, where you get like the greatest like faithfulness song, but like morning every morning, like Lamentations. Oh yeah, Lamentations. Yeah, three in the twenties, but like morning after morning, new mercies I see, greatest thy faithfulness, and like God is a God who wants to bless us. He wants to give us the desires of our hearts, as long as they're you know according to His will. But like He He isn't up there just saying, oh no, I'm I'm gonna just deny you this, deny you this, deny you this. Like God is a God who wants to bless us. Like the Bible shows, like every morning there's new mercies, there's new blessings, there's new there's new opportunities for us. You know what I'm saying? And I, it's it's kind of it's kind of awesome that we started this podcast. It's just talking about the power of prayer. I mean, because I think that's a that's a powerful thing. And man, like we were talking off part, like how this year already started off with a bang. You already had earthquakes in Japan. You already have people flying over benches. You already have people not making it far into the new year, unfortunately. Like 
is 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 already starting off interesting. And then you know all the, the political turmoil that we'll experience this year in America because it's an election year. Like, and who knows what other stuff is going to pop up in between time. But it was like, I think prayer should be a big part of every Christian's life, especially in these days. You want to say something? No, no, go on. No, I, I really think it's, it's really, I, I really think it's going to be a it should be a part of everyone's life right now, man. Because I mean, the devil out there, bro, and he <laughs> to use a metaphor we was using earlier, he ain't letting up. No, and he even getting more and more evil. Is, evil in today's day is no longer in the shadows. In multiple realms, in multiple avenues, in multiple things like killing is mainstream. Um. Sexual immorality is mean, mainstream. You know what I'm saying? Defying God is mainstream. Mm-hmm. Like, and literally things that should, that are right are now deemed as wrong and things that are wrong are now being acceptable. They might not even be right, but they're more acceptable. People are just turning a blind eye to it, you know? And the Bible talked about this in multiple places, whereas, you know, just, just the matter of fact, you can do certain of these things, you are guilty of the same sins. And man, I think it's time for Christians to like, not be as dormant as we have been in the past. And I'm saying that like, well, the love and respect, but you know, I, I feel as Christians, like we're supposed to be the light of the world, man. We're supposed to be the light of the world. I mean, you see, like we've talked about it. You've seen videos, man, I don't even really want to play it, but we've seen videos of people like different churches, new year services, man. And you might as well have been in the club. <laughs> like, yeah, but that video I saw, bro. <laughs> All right, so, all right, you say that, right? But people might think you being hyperbolic, bro. But no, bro. It's a video in Atlanta where they are legitimately turning up to the popular nightclub song, Swag Surfing, and everybody mm-hmm. doing the dance. And they just turning up, bro. The pastor on stage, everybody doing it, bro. But this is like a, this is like a club, bro. Exactly. And, and, and here's the thing. I ain't, again... People know me. I ain't holier than thou by no stretch of the imaginary, right? But I do believe in the sacredness of church. I was telling Kazi, like, I am the guy. He even feels some type of way where, where people sing or play songs that aren't even really, I wouldn't say bad or rap or anything. that aren't, like, like, Let's just say you play like an inspirational song, like Bridge Over Troubled Waters. That ain't even a bad song for real. You know what I'm saying? But you play that in church on the side. But I'm just like, bro, this ain't, this ain't, this ain't a Christian song. What you what you doing? Like, right. why, are we, why are we singing this in here? Bro, I'm the dude who, when I love a Christian song, a Christian song, glorif- and by Christian, I mean glorifies Christ. It could even be indirectly glorifying Christ, right? Without saying his, his name, right? <clears throat> I'm the guy that when I learn that this Chris- Christian song is has sampled a secular song that has nothing to do with Christ in any shape or form, or is Directly quoting a Christian song, I mean uh, a secular song, I get turned off and I don't want to. I don't want to participate in that song anymore. And sometimes, right now, I'm really, I'm really struggling because part of me feel like, bro, that just can't be right, bro. It can't be. I saw. I give you an example. Kirk Franklin has a song. I don't know mixed reviews. On, a lot of people have mixed reviews on Kirk, on Kirk Franklin. Kirk's. Kirk Franklin has a song called Smile. Mm-hmm. Even though it hurts, you yeah, smile. Mm-hmm. You look so much better when you smile, right? Um, and it mentions God, but 
that there's a the part where it says, smile for me. Mm-hmm. Just smile for me. Bro, last week I've I've I found out that that it's an exact quote, exact melody, everything. Smile for me was a chorus for a Tupac and Ghostface Killer song called Smile, bro. If you listen to the chorus, it goes, smile for me, just smile for me. I did not know that. Bro, the exact, and and and, and, and that, that frustrated me about Kirk because, bro, this was not needed, bro. This was not, this was not needed. You did not have to do this, bro. The song is perfectly fine without that, you know. Kirk Franklin's fam- Kirk Franklin famous for doing that. Glory, glory. That's his way of saying, baby, baby from um from Biggie. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like it's like, bro. And then I also found out that Stump. Uh-oh. Stump, bro, was Uh-oh. actually is is actually supposed to be a secular song for Prince. Oh, yeah, Prince. yeah, I did hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Kirk Franklin, he was like, he he didn't know it either when, when he got the song. Because that, that happens in the music industry. People write songs and they they shop it around to see what situation works the best. It happens. <clears throat> I ain't tripping off that. I can scratch that one from the record. Because at the end of the day, Stump, that's... Growing up, to me, that was like a social song. Like, you go to a, a Christian fun event, you know what I'm saying? Not on the side, yeah, but it might... That was like might the song you should have to get close to rap. Right, you understand what I'm Christian. saying? So be and a like, church event. And I like that though. I like I like being able to touch multiple multiple um demographics and genres while still <laughs> worshiping God. I like that because, and that's why I'm so upset with the pastor doing the swag surfing in church. Bro, if you had played Do You Want a Revolution, bro, by Kirk Franklin, hopefully that's not tainted. But if you had played that song, I, I feel like you could have got the same. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, we see videos of colleges, college kids at HBCUs, bro. They play Kirk Franklin, everybody going crazy, bro. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> you could have got the desired result while still glorifying God, you know? But at the end of the day, I do think that Christians for a few generations, I, I want to say like the past two generations, and I'm only mentioning these two generations because before those generations, the amount of information wasn't as available as we have now. You know what I'm saying? But they have been given a form of Christianity that is really the world while sprinkling Jesus on top. You understand what I'm saying? Like you, you have people who make rap songs, bro. But they say Christ like once or twice in the song, but they really just bragging about themselves. You know what I'm saying? They did make still make songs like, you know, God love me so much, and I got the rollie on my wrist. Da, 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 da. You know what I mean? I like, bro. I like, bro, this you can say this is a gospel song, but to me, I'm not, I'm not learning about the good news of, of God right now, bro. Like, you understand, you understand what I'm saying? I'm not even present, you know? No introspection, none of that. But people have, have adopted this culture of world, sprinkle Jesus on top, equals Christian. And there's no standard. So in the video, and I think we shouldn't we shouldn't play. I mean, if, if we want to play the video of it just to see it, but you know, you know, we drop this on the side, but people listen on the side. But yeah, we'll drop a link in the description. Right. So in the video, they in a church is a big church, New Year's Eve service, service, right? And everybody doing their dance, this and that, and the third. And I and I look through the comments, and a lot of people are saying, bro. They could have been anywhere doing anything, but they in church, bro. We should be happy by the, about that, right? We should be happy that 
and it's in Atlanta. You know, they have a safe environment to worship God. And a lot of people do not have a problem with that. And See, I go finish, finish, finish your statement. No, no, no. I about to, you could, you could speak on that part. Cause my thing is like, okay, that statement I agree with, but my thing is, I agree with that statement when there's actually worshiping of God taking place. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like when there is no difference between the world and the church and you bring the, 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 you bring a pop culture song in the church and be doing the dancing when nothing about this is glorified to God, then, then you saying they could have been anywhere in the world, but they in church, but they ain't really in church. The church just became a club. So now what are we really talking about? Like, I mean, like, it's like everything in context, right? Now I could see if you're saying, okay, someone just came to New Year's service and we actually like talking about New Year's and they might've come in smelling of alcohol or something, but they, and they could have been anywhere but they in church, but uh, there's actually worshiping of God taking place. Cool. Uh, Except that. that. Someone uh, come to church smelling like dope, bro, but they in church and it's church. Bro, I accept them because they literally could have been anywhere else but they made their way in church. I accept okay. that. But when the church is a club, what are we talking about here, bro? You're just using these these cliche lines trying to guilt trip people. But come on, what we we're like, what are we actually talking about? And I know and, it ain't you, but you know I'm just no, like, no, 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 no offense taken on it because you could tell these people do not know the word, but they have such a strong opinion on it, bro. Like I don't care, bro. Like you, you saying you don't see a problem with it. That you should know how how irrelevant that is because. It don't matter if you see a problem with it. You understand? Does God see a problem with it? Exactly. And and anyway, love not the world. John one, no, John first John two fifteen through seven through sixteen. Love not the world, neither the, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, is not of the Father. What of the world? And that's the King James Version. Text like this, bro. You cannot refute that you are in error as a pastor, as a shepherd of your church, bro, by bringing the world to your church and everybody having fun, bro. You understand what I'm saying? Like, this is the world. And it soon could get to a point where, no, it has gotten to a point where the definition of a worldly thing and a Christian thing is, is blurred. Super blurred. It's super blurred, bro. How could y'all not? Anyway, this can't super be the blurred. same Jesus who was upset while they were selling animals in the temple. For sacrifice, even. For sacrifice. But I, well, you beat me to it, bro. Think about contextually why they were selling animals in the temple. Because it was the time for the sacrifice. I believe it might have even been a Passover time coming up, bro. I ain't sure. But bro, they were selling it to give offer to give offering to God. The problem was, this ain't no market. And number two, it's a bunch of haggling going on. It's a bunch of people trying to get the most for their money. So this ain't this ain't of God. It was, it's supposed to be of God, but now it's not of God. Mm-hmm. You have and Jesus was put a complete end to that. Flip the tables. Get, get out of here. You all turn. This is supposed to be the house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. Yeah. Some churches, that church should have been a house of prayer, especially on New Year's Eve service, bro. <laughs> In the Christian community, we spend that time praying, bro. Growing up, all my life, we had communion for New exactly. Year's, bro. We lock in, we singing, we praying. 
to bring in to bring in the new year. You know what I mean? With y'all, y'all inviting, y'all inviting the world, but I ain't even gonna be as extreme. Y'all inviting the world and the things of the world and the leader of the world with y'all that night. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To do these things, bro. Like it's it's flashy, bro. Like we can't we can't get around that. Can't get around that. And I feel like it's too many signs in the Christian church and in the world that is pointing to a disastrous end, bro. We look around the world. I remember, I remember a year ago, I, I spoke at Vineyard for the first time. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember what was happening at oh, it was um, was it a year ago? Um, when did um the conflict with um North Palestine, um Russia and Ukraine, yeah, that was Russia and Ukraine. Ukraine. So that was two, two years, ago. years ago now because of yeah, two years ago, yeah. Okay, so I, I think I might have spoke two years ago. Anyway, whenever I had hey, spoken... It's, it's, it's a new year. So technically, you know, if you yeah. said this statement last week, it would have been last year. <laughs> right. Truth, truthfully. So, two years ago, 2022, I was preaching a sermon, and I remember that when I was about to do my appeal, I mentioned that there's a lot of things going on, right? It's a, like the world is telling us that things are about to end. Remember, we was going through... Um, hyperinflation on groceries. You understand what I'm saying? Like we were mm-hmm. seeing random animals in the in the even last year we were seeing random um sharks and stuff in the ocean that they haven't seen in like hundreds of years before. Like or or they were so high up. Like we see the animals are reacting in a way where it's like, bro, this is fascinating. This is crazy. You know what I'm saying? This has been happening for like the past four years, bro. Things happening. Things happening, bro. Things, Things happening consistently, bro. And it gets to a point where we we perplex for a day, a minute, or an hour. We move on until the next thing. Boy, that's a point right there. Boy, that's a point right there. We care as long as the news media makes us care. Right. As boy, long as the boy. news cycle. Boy, oh boy. We are talking. Oh boy. And but now, seriously, bro, if we was to sit down and just make a list of all of the weird things that's happening, happening, it would be so compelling to the point that it should bring alarm. Like, bro, this is, this is not, this is not going to end well. Bro, like, I mean, let's just, let's just take it, right? The Bible say there'll be wars and rumors of wars, right? right. If we just list every conflict that is currently happening in the world. Yeah. Guess what? Russia and Ukraine, they still kind of at war. No, yeah. no one's talking about it anymore since Israel and Hamas. No one's even talking about Israel and Hamas. Venezuela trying to annex a two thirds of Guyana. No one really talking about that. That's it's the still, crazy one to me. That That's the, <laughs> I know, but the funny thing about it, right? I'm like, anyway, whew, let me stay on topic, right? But I'm like, why y'all ain't care about that, right? I'm not right now. Anyway, <laughs> man, China and Taiwan, a bunch of coup d'etats, coup d'etats happening in Africa. Oh yeah, bro. I, bro, it's a big. It was, I can't remember the country, bro, and so I ain't even gonna speak on it. But I just know I've heard I've heard of someone from you know continent of Africa having very great concern as to the 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 media coverage and the 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 backlash that you know both sides of Israel and Palestine have been receiving while it was so quiet for what's happening in Africa. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. bro. So so. So, would you define that as wars and rumors of wars? That's all we have right now, but it's so under the table that no one really talking about it, right? And it's yeah. like, 
man, anyway, we, you ain't even trying to get conspiracy theory, right? But it's like, man, again, we even said this multiple times, like, read the Bible and know what's coming. I think that's like, that's one of the most important things. Read Daniel, read Revelation, read read, read Matthew, what is it, Matthew 24, 25, where, where, where Christ was talking about, like, here are the signs of the end. Like, read these things, study, because, like, the Bible tells you what's going to happen. It doesn't, it doesn't give you a date. And anyone who give you a date, lie into you. Right. Right? <laughs> like, the Bible says, no man know the day or not the hour. He tells you that. But he does give you signs of things that, that shall come to pass before the time of the Son of Man comes. Exactly. And you read these things, a lot of these things happening now. Earthquakes in diverse places, man. Bro, I saw a video last week of literally a town in Iceland getting split apart because the earth literally moved apart, bro. The new, That's I think crazy. I did but the new year started off with like multiple earthquakes. They had about like, they had one earthquake that was 7.6. They had about 10 that was in the six, there was that was in the sixth range. They had like 50 that was in the five range, bro. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Earthquakes are happening all over. Like last, like a couple months ago, Jamaica had an earthquake. Like, bro, the, the earth is crying out and these, some of these signs are coming, coming to pass. But right. again, if you don't know what to expect in the time of the end, these are just like, oh, global warming. I don't know. Climate no, change. No like, slight on global warming, no slight on climate change. But again, if you read a lot of the stuff that's going to happen in the end, it's going to sound like climate change. It's going to sound like global warming. Bro, it, <laughs> it does. And so, so see, this, 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 and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, the climate change, fake global warming, fake. That ain't what I'm saying. I'm saying that people see the earth crying out, right? And there's been more initiative to go green and to have these efforts for climate change among the scientists and people in that field, then there has been Christians saying, bro, time to come to Jesus, time to lock in, time to study the word, time to pray. That's the point I'm making. We, I, I am more likely to hear somebody say, go green or recycle or climate change or help the environment than I am, than I am to hear somebody say, prepare because Jesus is coming. You understand what I'm saying? Understand the prophecies of Daniel and Revelation as instructed by Jesus. Jesus didn't mention Revelation, but Daniel as instructed hmm. by Jesus. You know what I'm saying? So when you see, um, when, when the scientists and people who, you know, care about the earth and do all that stuff, I, I don't know the term for this, but when they get, when they see the evidence they get alarmed and they prepare, right? Or they tell us to prepare. Everybody ignoring it, by the way. And they tell us to prepare, right? In the same way, we should see these signs and do the same thing spiritually. Because we know that these are the only the beginning of birth pains. This is the beginning of birth pains. Mm -hmm. when, when, when you start to go into labor, what you do, you, you could chill on or you could try to get to the hospital. You understand what I said? What you going to do? When these things happen and when you see impending doom, what are you going to do? You know what I'm saying? And I ain't saying this to say like, oh, doom, doom, doom. I'm saying this to say, prepare, understand what is happening because we 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 are in a world where people ignore sound doctrine, bro. They listen to the things that tingle their ass. People can tell you, oh, it don't matter. I can just be frank, bro. People tell you, bro, it don't matter keeping the Sabbath any day. And as a, as an Adventist, People try to shame you because they say, oh, Adventists care so much about the Sabbath. Bro, I am trying to defend the one commandment that is almost universally broken and, and justified to be broken. Je Jesus says, bro, before heaven and earth ends, bro, not one jot or tittle would be removed from this law, bro. Before heaven and earth, and earth about the end, bro, we can, see, we, we can see the evidence of it, right? But when will heaven end? 
and when and when these things end, that's when you could try try think about if the commandment's gonna change. But as far as I concern, heaven never can end. You understand what I'm saying? Until the end of the earth, until Jesus come back, Jesus say, but he ain't nothing changing, bro. Straight up, bro. Straight up. You could bet that ain't ain't no nothing changing from his law. The Ten Commandments, which was written in stone. You mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? Um anyway, you you have anything, anything to say to say or not? Oh, I agree. I I, <laughs> I definitely agree, man. Like, oh my, I definitely agree. Like Revelation 16, Matthew 24, like read them. All right. So I was just trying to buy some time until I um pull up this text, right? It's Revelation 12 or 17, right? Okay. And the dragon was enraged with the woman. And he went to make war with the rest of her offspring, who kept the commandments of God mm-hmm. and of the testimony of Jesus Christ. This is revelation. This is a future prophecy of the dragon waging war with the offspring. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> the, dragon, the dragon waging war. Now, let me show you what's so interesting about this. Let's say you don't know revelation, end time prophecy. Let's say you can't break down what this means. It says the dragon was enraged with the woman. That means one being is enraged with another, right? Yep. And went to make war with the rest of the offspring of the woman. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't know symbolically what that means, one thing you can deduce is that whoever this dragon is, they're going to war with those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Why is this dragon so upset with the people who keep the commandments of God? Now we know, now instantly, bro, as I look at this text, this reminds me of um, Genesis chapter 3, verse 16. Mm-hmm. I'm about to pull it up right now, bro. It's crazy. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Genesis chapter 3, verse 16. Oh, I on Bible Hub, they make me go verse by verse. Anyway. Oh, I on Genesis 1. Uh, stick with me, y'all, for a second. Genesis chapter 3, verse 16. And it's talking about the punishment that, you know, uh, this is right after the fall of humanity, Adam and Eve, everyone, right? It said to the woman, uh, I will sharply increase your pain in childbirth. In pain, you will bring forth children. Your um, your desire will be for your husband. And he, no, I'm sorry, verse 15. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you he will strike his heel. Exactly, right? I will put enmity. So they're talking about the serpent and the woman, right? Mm-hmm. I'll put enmity between the serpent and the woman, right? Now, Revelation, we talking to the dragon and the woman, right? Hmm, interesting. And they talking about her offspring, right? And then in Revelation chapter 12, verse 17, once again, they talking about this woman and her offspring. And now we know from Genesis, since Genesis chapter 3, the God prophesies that there is going to be enmity between the serpent and the woman. Now, in, in Revelation, we see where the serpent is now described as the dragon, and there's also still enmity between him and the woman 
and as well as her seed. But now it says that the dragon will be enraged with her seed who keeps the commandments and has the testimony of Jesus Christ. I say all that to say, bro, if you ever question if the law was done away with or nailed to the cross or any of the things that people commonly try to say, explain to me why is the devil mad at those still keeping the law? Why is the dragon mad at those still keeping the law during end time prophecy? End times, the times that have not come yet. Mm -hmm. Like to me, we say all the time, we say it all the time, bro. Line by line, precept by precept, bro. It have to pass these tests. Some people take things and it sounds like to them, I believe. It sounds like God has given them license to, to live as freely as they want to live. Oh, it's only two laws you got to keep. You got to love God with all your heart. You got to love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, but did you see the, the text right after it that says, on these two laws hang all of the law? You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. God has not given us a license to throw away the law. No, it's, it's time to keep the law. But we live in a world now where people do their best to, to omit the law, to change the law, to live without the law, and they call it Christianity. But if we just look around, if we see the way animals move, if we see the way the world moving, if we see the way humans are, are, are acting towards each other, and we compare that to what God is telling us, this is definitely a wake-up call to get more serious and to lock in with God. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. The Lord's mercies are renewed every day, which translate to every month, which translate to every year. And it's because of His mercies that we are forgiven, that we have opportunity, and that we can improve. So let's make the best of this year and take the initiative to be closer to God than we have before. We have before. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B-O-F-A-P-O-D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone. I'm going to see you next week.